You're listening to the MT Stands podcast. I'm Ibuka, and on this episode, we'll be talking about Chelsea's 2022-2023 season. Don't think it ended <laughs> very well, but I'll leave that to our guests to decide. I have with me Kofo, Timmy, and Osita, three very passionate Chelsea fans. Uh, you can expect to hear a lot of agendas, if I could say, on this episode. And also, I think there will be some praise here and there for one or two players that performed well. But I really don't know what to expect. These are three very different people that love Chelsea in different ways. So I'm excited to be here with these guys. So we'll be starting this by looking at what happened last year, which is the summer and takeover. And I want to get some thoughts on the ownership uh, Kofu, looking at our big daddy, the great Roman Abramovich, someone that every Chelsea fan loved with so much passion. Uh, he was more or less chased away in May because he had to, to sell. He announced in, in March the 2nd that he was going to sell the club and it was May 30th that the takeover was completed. And Todd Bowley and the Clearly Consortium they won the race. I want to know what your opinion is of the ownership, you know, now that we've seen how they've handled their first season in charge of Chelsea. Hi, Ebuka. I have stories to tell. But let me just start by saying that I miss Abramovich so much. I miss him so much. I just feel like life was easier when all we had to do was just insult Marina for dragging deals. Do get but right now, well, the ownership, we can't just like judge them based on one season. But I feel like they've been very, very naive so far. Like, they're Americans. Americans will always be Americans. They always want to be at the face of the media. So, like, I feel like they've been naive. But they've done, to an extent, at least they signed Enzo Fernandez. That's the only thing that's making me up in this group. So, like, but apart from that, they just like been really, really, really naive and. I just hope it gets better because I cannot remember the last time my club finished bottom half of the table, the first time in our history. Like, you cannot just blame the players, the coach. Like, they also have their own share of the blame there. Like, they are not exempted. But we just hope that hmm, next season will be better. I pray. I hope so. Well, out of 10, I'll give them maybe four. I have a feeling that they signed Enzo just so that Chelsea fans would be happy because that is the one bright spot that we have. We're all like, oh, the season was terrible, but we have Enzo. So <laughs> I was like, we have Enzo Fernandez, and everybody just keep down. As if we have Enzo, we are happy. Yeah, that, I, I think that's why they just push for the deal. Like, let's give yeah. these guys something to be happy about. Exactly. Yeah, you're right about you know them being a bit naive. Personally, I didn't want them to be the owners, but I had my very weird reasons for it. I always felt like you know the PR from Todd was too good to be true. You know, yeah. data driven. Uh, you know, talking about spending money and being successful. Do you know what's crazy about the data driven this thing? Because <laughs> I'm studying, I'm studying data analysis, so I understand yeah. like. Data cannot lead you to go and appoint a manager with 28% win rates. Come on. 
28% win rate. Come on. Uh-uh. So, so Kofo, maybe we don't know the data that they're looking at. They're probably looking at managers with under 30% win ratio. And they're like, yes, <laughs> this guy, this is the guy to take us forward. <laughs> uh, we have a lot to cover. So um, I would move to the summer transfer window. And Osita, I, I would like to ask you about your you know general thoughts on the window and if you could rate that summer transfer window over 10 uh, before that i'll just go over some of the names that we signed i won't talk about the fees because you know everybody has who they believe for transfer fees so i'll just talk about the players that came in wesley Fofana from leicester marco corella from brighton ryan sterling from manchester city Khalidou kulibali from napoli carney chukwemeka my cousin from aston villa Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang from Barcelona, Gabriel Slolina from Chicago Fire, and then Zakaria from Juventus on loan. And the departures, are, it's a long list because we have a lot of free transfers and loan guys, but I'll just speak to the major ones. Timo Werner left our club. I don't know, maybe looking back, sometimes I feel like he shouldn't have, but I think it was all for the best. Timo, Timo Werner left, Emerson left. Uh, Billy Gilmore, Mishibatshuayi, Kennedy, Lukaku went on loan to, um, to Inter Milan. He's playing the Champions League final. Wish him all the best there. Malangsa left. Callum uh, Hudson-Odoi left. Ampadu, Rudiger and Christensen left uh, to Madrid and Barcelona respectively. Marcus Alonso also went to Barcelona for free. Rhodes Barkley left. Danny Drinkwater, that's a legend. That's a Chelsea legend there. He left for free. Um, Usita, what are your general thoughts on the summer transfer window and if you're to reach it over 10, now that you've seen the whole season end, what score would you give? Um, personally, I think that, um, that whole transformation was a disaster. And primarily because um, as a club, um, we did not have individuals or directors who could handle that whole entire process. And the whole thing was left for Tuchel to handle. Um, we with respect to the guys that left, uh, I don't really want to talk much about that. I think we did a good job there. But although losing Rudiger was a huge blow to the club, um, and we are still struggling to replace him, to be honest. Um, but for the guys coming in, um, when you look at how they've performed over the course of the season, taking each of them one, one by one, and you find out that... Um, it's been a whole. It's, it's just been a mess. Kulibali, who was supposed to be Rudiger's replacement, basically plays like, like, like a teenager or a wonder kid. He doesn't play uh, football like the experienced professional we expected him to be. Um, I would say he's been like a four over ten for the season. Um, Abumeyang, that's like one over ten, man. Almost. All the coaches we had could not use him. Probably Tuchel would have been able to use him, but I mean, we saw how his tenure ended. Um, Kukurela, who I think um, was one of our better signings, contrary to popular opinions, I would say a six over ten. Sterling, to uh, I was really let down with Sterling's performance over the season. But at the end of the day, I mean, it was it affected. It was the whole team. It wasn't just him. Sterling, I'll give Sterling like a five over ten. Um, Zakaria who came on loan, he didn't play that much. Um, I don't think he played up to twenty or fifteen games for us. But a few games we watched him. I mean, I mean, he was 
quite good. He performed well. But unfortunately, for one reason or the other, most of all the managers we had never wanted to put him consistently on the pitch. But I'd say um, let's let's based on the performances we saw, I think he he should he should have he should end like a seven over ten. Um Chukwemeka Chukani, yeah. Okay, I, I like I like that boy very well. I think he has a bright future at Chelsea. And from the glimpse we also saw this season, yeah, I'd say also a seven over ten. Um is there any other person I'm missing? Slonina didn't play any game for us. I think he's one to look out for for the future. Um hopefully within the next couple of seasons he'll be our number one goalkeeper. Wesley Fofana. Fofana, Fofana. Fofana is a bit tricky. I mean, he had a couple of injuries during the season. And then, man, the match against United, I was very, very disappointed. But barring those two, I think uh, 7 over 10 is fair for him. But the, or the, apart from the match against United, it could have been higher, but I give him 7 over 10. So generally, I'd say, based on our sign coming in and going out, going out, um, it was, I'll put it at like a 4 over 10. I mean, we lost one of our best players, the summer in Rudiger, and we could not, all the signings we made, no one could stamp their feet and help us have a very good season. So let's, I'll just say 4 over 10. It was a disaster. Hopefully this summer is, is different, but it has, we've not started on a good note. We already saw how we lost, we got it to PSG. But let's see how things turn out. Yeah, thank you, Osita. And Timmy, um, before we go into talking about Thomas Tuchel, I just want to know if you agree with the profile of players that were bought in the summer. So by profile, I mean, not the, forget about the person's name, but, you know, how they play and, um, you know, the, the particular position that they play. Do you think we tried to recruit well, but it just didn't work out? Um, actually, to be honest, the the profiles were... Uh, I was actually impressed with the positions we were going for because, um, I mean, something we've been clamoring for, like getting a striker, getting a nine. I mean, we got Aubameyang. Then we started talking about um, replacing Rudiger. Then, I mean, we got Koulibaly. Um, then I think um, for the DM role, we got Zakaria. I mean, those... Those were the positions I actually felt we needed to like strengthen. I mean, there were others we didn't we didn't need, like left to me basically that I just felt like were just like some excess stuff. But regardless, because I mean, we saw like wasn't it um, for Fana, for Fana. Um, I mean, some could say it was it could be like maybe a replacement for Tego Silva or whatever. But I, I, there, there were some signings I didn't like really see the need for. I mean, Cucurella. I don't let me go into that. But the other positions, the positions basically I thought we could actually strengthen where the ones we wanted for. So yeah, I'm actually I was impressed with the positions, but I mean, like we said, let's not talk about the names and the performances. <laughs> I know Kukurela is a is a very sensitive topic for you. <laughs> uh, it gets me emotional. It gets me emotional. <laughs> All right. For me, I, I think um I, I think there's still that creative hole in our team um, that we did not address 
And for whatever reason, I, I know that I have so many Chelsea-related agendas. I feel like missing out on Azen Zakarian was a bigger um, was a bigger fault than we or, or a bigger issue than we realized or we thought because I think we just needed that that plug, someone that could connect it all together. And for whatever reason, I just feel like that boy, that boy is the person, but that's just me. I have my agendas. Kani could have been that person, but for whatever reason, the coaches just don't like my boy. I, I really like Kanye. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why they, they just don't like him. I don't know why they just don't like him. I also like well, have a, I have an agenda. Oh, really? I'm not focusing on an agenda, so let's just... <laughs> okay okay no we'll, we'll see if you have space for that agenda to just you know come in let's let's talk about Tsuko right uh Tsuko was sacked on the 7th of September after a 1-0 loss to Dynamo Zagreb we had, I know all of us watched that game and we saw how you know we had opportunities to get back in the game but it just didn't happen it was Obama Yang's debut Broja came in second half, tried to make things happen. It just wasn't our night. At the time that Tsuko left, in the Premier League, we were sixth. We were five points behind Arsenal, who were first at the time. And we had three wins, one draw, two-two draw with Spurs, and two losses. So my question to Kofu is, do you think that Chelsea were right to sack Toko now that you've been able to watch the whole season and you can reflect. Let me just start off by saying that the devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. Because, <laughs> to be honest, I don't think the sacking was the wrong decision. I think the replacement was the wrong decision. Because when you're sacking a coach like Toko, you have to like go for someone that is tactically on the same level with him, not somebody from Brighton that's finished 17, 16, that telling me that he's, he's building something. What's he building? It's 28% merit. What's he building? So, me, I don't have a problem with Tuko Saki because I was, honestly, I was tired. I was bored. It's like, it didn't even want to change anything again because Tuko went to Zagreb to line up a midfield of Kovacic and Mount Pivot. I will not forget both of them played Mount and Kovacic private and I was complaining that night. And just like our season, like from pre-season, I could see it clearly that we're going to have a very shit season. I just not expect that it was going to be this bad. But like, so like we're just all over the place during pre-season. We lost to one club, America. Arsenal beat us 4 Then beginning of the season, I think it was a penalty that helped our life against Everton. Then the next game, we lost 3-0 to Leeds. Then we struggled to even beat West Ham in our own house. And Champions League came. We were just doing anyhow. So, like, I was really getting tired of Tuku, actually. But I felt like if you're sacking a coach like Tuku, you don't bring a potter in at all. But I don't think sacking Tuku was the wrong decision. I think bringing in someone like Potter was the wrong decision. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, Kofu. And I actually agree with you because... Well, on the Potter side, on the Tugu side, maybe I'm still a bit biased. I feel like if Roman was still our owner and if Roman is still as ruthless as he was, I think Tugu would have gone. 
also at that point because if you notice that man before like before the end of the season guy we almost bought to top four you can remember it was it was Tottenham that saved our lives against us now Tottenham had to beat us now for us we were struggling like we were third sitting comfortably in third and before you know we dropped to fourth we now moved to third again we were already bottling top four at that point in time so I feel like I felt like and we we're like we we're just like dropping points at home. We lost, we lost, uh, we we dropped point to Everton, Brighton, all those small small teams at home, consistently. So I can, I can remember, I just feel like if Roman was still as ruthless as ever, I think Tuku would have gone at that point in time because he also lost two uh, domestic cup finals and Roman doesn't like it. So I feel like at the same time Tuku would have still gone regardless. So that I feel like the sacking was not the wrong decision. It was bringing in a Potter. That was the wrong decision. Yeah, one thing we can agree on is Roman would never have appointed Potter. Yes, never. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. Never in a million years. And um, I want to come to you on, on the Potter talk, right? Because this guy came in with his, his idea of football from Brighton. He was being, you know, praised for playing an attractive brand of football at Brighton. Brighton had an issue with goal scoring, which we have now come to see that it's probably a coaching issue too in terms of the system because that translated to Chelsea having an issue with goal scoring. And then as he left Brighton, the Zerbi took over and Brighton were a lot better in terms of goal scoring. Right? They were even a lot more entertaining than, than they were under Potter. But... I just want to, before you go into the whole Potter talk, I want to just, you know, talk about his record at Chelsea, which is quite fantastic. Um, I call him the great Graham Potter because he has to be remembered as one of the all-time Chelsea great managers. He coached us for 31 games, had 12 wins, 11 losses, 8 draws. And, you know, those wins came, you know, a lot of them came at the beginning when he just had that, so I call it new manager bounce. But that's, 4-1 loss to Brighton. I think that was the that was the reality check for him because that was when we struggled and we lost comfortably. And from then on, it just seemed like, you know, whether he was doing too much, thinking too much, or stressing too much about the issues, but things just really started to go downhill. Osita, what are your thoughts on Graham Potter, his appointments, his performances, and do you think that it, it was a case of right manager, wrong time? And uh, do you also think that maybe he should have been given to the end of the season and in the new season he would do a lot better? For starters, um, I'm protocol, so I never agreed with the signing of Grand Potter. I mean, first of all, you want to sign a manager, you need to check the track records. It felt like um, Todd Bully and Co were trying to model our club after Brighton for some very weird reasons. And then giving Potter a five-year contract also sounded like it was a very it was rookie, a rookie mistake. I don't think any club does that. Nobody gives a manager five Even quite well, I don't think he ever had a five-year contract with City. Uh, but that being said... Um, what you would call a manager bounce for Potter, I mean, so to me, I just saw it as luck. Because if you can recall the first few games we had under Potter, um, I think the 
2-0 win against Aston Villa, against Aston Villa and Brentford. Then we drew with, I think United was it United. We drew with another team 0-0. There was a period Kepa was making some incredible saves and keeping us in the game. And we, for some reason, we're just winning. I think 1-0, 2-0, where Kepa will be man of the match and stuff like that. So we're just riding on luck. And I knew sooner or later, I mean, there's only so much luck can do for you. So I, I knew from the start that man, it was going to be a disappointment, even though I did not expect it to be this bad. Um, but first few games, you see Potter, there was no consistency with formations. We had 3-5-2, 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1. I think there was a match... Well, two matches he played Sterling as a wing back. He was just a whole mess. I mean, I saw right through him from the beginning. All those um, what people would call tactical and whatnot on Twitter. I mean, I saw that man. This guy has to be a fraud. There's no way this is sustainable at a big club when you're not Pep Guardiola or something. So I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised um, that he flopped. Although um, I mean, it's Chelsea, so I'm disappointed he went this bad. Um, it doesn't turn out to be this bad. Yeah, but that's it. I think um, um, it, it's better we sacked him when we sacked him, even though it should have been earlier. And I'm sure it's because of the whole five-year thing that they were they were reluctant to sack him. But it happened and we entered the great Frank Lampard era, which was even worse. Man, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, this 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 season got me got me down. Like this season got me down. I was, I'll be honest with you guys. At the point, I was slowly losing my love for football because it was just it was just depressing. Yeah, I was telling a friend, I, I, I became numb to losing. Like it felt normal. Just could get to the weekend lose. That's all. I, I can remember something. Yeah, there's a friend of mine that has been on the podcast a few times. Kolade, he's a Barcelona fan. So uh, we walked together and one day at the office, I think we're looking at the fixtures before, well, this was Frank Lampard's time anyway, um, before Aston Villa at home. We're looking at the Wolves away, you know, the fixtures that Frank Lampard had. And he was talking about how, oh, you can win this, win this, you know, build momentum to beat Madrid because, you know, Barcelona fans, they just hate Madrid. <laughs> and, I look, and I looked at him and I said, we are going to lose every single game and he said ah how can i say that now no that this, this is not even potter that is a new manager bounce this is frank Lampard. and i said guy we will lose every, i think he, he identified like six matches and i said we'll lose all six and he said it's not possible to lose all six it makes no sense and i said guy like i i've seen this team like potter has brought me down and then you are telling me that the alternative to potter is frank Lampard. Frank Lampard that we already know is the one of the worst. I don't want to say the worst. One of the worst managers in the Premier League. Ibuka, say it's your full chest. He's the worst. No, he's the worst. He's the worst. No, he's, he's, he's still my favorite Chelsea player ever. So I would, because of that, I'll say one of. One so of Ibuka, that's players. another thing we agree on. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know me, me and you we don't agree on a lot of things, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> I think we're starting to see that. Okay, we're not so different after all. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I, 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 I've gone through a lot this season, and, and Timmy, I want you to walk us through the Frank Lampard experience for you, bro. <laughs> so the first thing, right? You see Lampard's first pair. 
yeah, I was his biggest fan in that first, like, I mean, that 2019, 2020 season. I mean, through, um, was it, yeah, that was pre COVID, that was before COVID now, yeah. I mean, that time we were bowling, people were saying, okay, they are playing well, but they are losing. We lost to United 4 0. They were just beating us, everybody was beating us, but still, I mean, we were stuck with him. But you see, the second time, right? From, you see, I knew that was why he came to watch that Liverpool game. That one that Bruno was in charge. When I saw him in the stands, I'm like, I was the one guy, I said, okay, what's happening here? This guy will find his way. Then we saw, we saw, the, we saw Fabrizio and stuff. Then he came. I mean, you see that Bruno's first, that Bruno, that one and only Bruno's game was like, that was one of my favorite games this season, right? That game against Liverpool. Yeah, we should have killed Liverpool like 3-0 three, three at least. We were so good. We were so good. And um, then, I mean, Lampard came and um, we even had a, we, we had the belief that, I mean, we're still in the Champions League, you get, and we, we had the hope of at least beating Madrid. Then second leg, I mean, oh man, away was was a disaster. I think um, I, I was telling someone we we're going to lose every game. We're going to, you see that Bournemouth game? We were, we were so lucky. I mean, it seemed like I mean we it was a walk in the park, but we were so lucky because if those guys caught us, we would have actually Lampard would have gone with a zero like double seven managerial double seven. Yeah, he was so no, close. Bro, so I, was, close. I, was, I was I was and I was so I was waiting for that. I already wrote an article for his 007. <laughs> like, there was something ready, drafts and everything. I mean, it was so awful. We weren't playing well. Then the whole Galaga thing, we was obsessed. He was obsessed, man. Uh, I'm like, what's happening here? Um, then, I mean, our new signings, I mean, thankfully, we saw um, the, I mean, in quotes, the sparks of um, Madweke and... and Maybe Felix and stuff. I'm not their biggest fans anyway, but I mean, we just saw the the things that they could actually do in the proper system. But I mean, with Lampard at the wheel, it was it, it was oh god, it was it was an awful experience. Like just like you said, like I was numb to like losing. I mean, we were playing. I can't remember which match we were playing. I think it was. I think we were playing new. We were playing Bournemouth that day. But I was watching City. Fulham, yeah, I think it was Fulham. I was watching City for one because I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care anymore. I didn't, I wasn't interested. Sometimes you see us losing. You see the game against United. It was it four one or four zero? Was just, I was just laughing. Like, what's, what's happening here? Like, I, I literally, I really needed all this. I needed Big Brother to come on or something. Bro. <laughs> Lampard, Lampard was destroying my love for football this this end of the season, man. I mean, nobody. We couldn't wait for the season to be over. You get the whole, and it was like, you know, it got to a point. He started doing the things he was probably was seen on Twitter or something. I don't know. You know, when we just say, ah, um, you bro, start Modric next game. Modric is starting. The fans will start shouting. Where's for final next day? For final starting. Like, bro, what are you doing, man? There was no system. No, everything was just poor. And I'll keep mentioning that Galaga. I don't know what's happening with him and Galaga, man. Thank God it's over, bro. I mean, smile because it happened. But it was, it was a disaster. Man. <laughs> Lampard, this Lampard's second coming of zero at ten, bro. Yeah, so my next question is, before we talk about some of the January signings that you've mentioned, right, um, Kofu, how much, how much of a problem has decision-making been for the owners? 
because you make a decision to sack Thomas Tuko, then you make a decision to hire Graham Potter, which turns out to be a very, let me be nice, stupid decision. Stupid is me being nice. And then when the team is at that low point, you then make a decision to bring someone that was sacked by Everton because they were about to be rele- relegated. Shout out to Sean Dutch anyway. To what extent did you question the decision-making of Todd and his crew after seeing the the managers that we've hired? I've questioned them. I, 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 I lost count, to be honest, because it's just as if, like, every time I'm just saying, what are these guys doing? What are they doing? Like, what's going on? Like, even me, I'm not... I'm not even like I don't have a football club. I cannot make this type of decision. Like it's so bizarre. Like it's so bad. Okay, I I I will say that I will still say that sacking Tuko was not a problem for me because I personally I was tired of the whole football this thing. I was tired of the whole three at the back. I wanted something new. I wanted something exciting. But at the same time, these players are used to him as a manager. Tuko came in his first press conference. He said, "I'm here to win trophies." There's no time. You see that that night that I came in, you see the training videos, training pictures, everybody back to work, drills. You will, you'll be watching training sessions and you'll be happy that I'm to show uh, Tukul is drilling these guys and everything. Like you'll be happy, you'll be smiling. Like these players, they won the Champions League with him, won the Club World Cup, took them to, it took them to two domestic cup finals. Is it not two? Is it not three? I think it's three. They're already used to him. Dressing room, like coming for the fact that Lampard first spell the way the dressing room was, players like like Alonso, Rudiger, they were all out. So Tuku coming in gave so many players a fresh start. They were united. You see that everybody is happy. People are smiling, training pictures. You see, you be excited everywhere, every Friday. Admin, show me Kante. Admin, show me this. Like so, like it. I feel like that decision to sack Tuku was like really, really bad for the players. And I want to like reference something. I don't know if you saw Sterling's um, Sterling's quote, and it was like um, appointing appointing Mauricio Pochettino is a great guy with a strong personality. So that kind of statement, just so that Potter Potter or Lampard like don't know what they are doing. You just come, you bring you okay, you go from a Tuko to to a Potter, and okay for the fact that the players like are so happy with Tuko. And I'm bringing in a potter, and they're not happy with it. Obviously, they will not be happy with the sack. And I'm bringing in a potter, and what I see, potter like it's as if like he has no aura, he has no personality. He just stand there looking like Dundee every game. If you not shout, I remember one time Tuko was shouting on um was it not Galaga against Leicester City, and his is it not his gum fell, his gum fell from the mouth. I can't forget that game. Like he just stand, potter just stand on the sidelines and not do anything. Like. What are you doing, guy? Show reaction. So I just like wonder how the I I think there's a there's a video there's a video on the like there's one there's one game that that Potter was managing. There's a video, and um, Aspi was telling this the players, guys, come up, um, come on, let's get ready for warm up. And it was just like they were just there. They were so disorganized. Like Avas was biting his fingernails. Other than just doing anything they want to do, they're not even listening to their captain. 
They don't listen to their captain. And they don't listen to their coach. Like, there was no control, nothing. Okay, fine. You sat Potter. Good decision. You are not bringing in a Frank Lampard. You said that you want to re you said that Lampard has connection with the fans. You want to reunite the fans. But how will the fans be happy when when Lampard will come in and start benching their favorites? Because Lampard has history of falling out to players. It happened the first time. It happened. Alonso Rudiger, many of these players were like neglected. Even Jorginho then. And I'm not bringing a Lampard that has a track. Kepa. I'm bringing in the Lampard that has track of falling out his players. And I'm saying that hey, he's a legend. He knows the basics. He will come and reunite dressing room. He will come and bring connections with the fans. This, 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 that. Like, it is so questionable. Like, what are these guys doing? What are they doing? I was screaming. I was shouting. I was facing every... Oh, Every match day, it was terrible. So, like, they've made some bad. And, like, some of their transfers, like, you still question them. Because what are they doing? It's like, they're just all over the place. Like, I'm, I, I mean, like, I almost try to even defend them. Maybe they mean well. But when I saw that they appointed Lampard, Jesus Christ, I just stopped. I just stopped defending. Like, okay, like, let the Americans just do whatever they want to do. I am done as a Chelsea fan this season. Although, I'll still watch the game, but... Ah, I complained. So it was that bad. It was bad. I, I can I can imagine because I felt a lot of these emotions too. Let's sit down to ask you about the directors, and that's because the biggest transfer, the one that we will soon go into, because we'll go into the general transfer window, was Enzo, and Enzo is the one bright spot that we can all agree on from the disappointing season, but. The directors were appointed after Graham Potter was appointed as the manager of the club. And, um, you know, these guys came with varying degrees of pedigree. So I'm talking about Lawrence Stewart from Monaco, um, Paul Winston Stanley from Brighton. You see, anything from that Brighton just pisses me off. I, I don't even want to get into that. But um, And also Christopher Vivel from um, Leipzig. So these guys were brought in, you know, the club said all the right things about them. And to me, Lawrence Stewart, fantastic hire, Vivelle, love him. Osita, my question to you is, you know, how, how much control do you think the directors have and how much blame should go to them in some of these key decisions? Because we always hear things like, oh, Boli is traveling to meet with this director. Egbali had to get on the plane to, to come back with Modric. This guy had to do that. Like, do you feel like these directors are doing enough or are even being allowed to do enough? Yeah, um, so I think um, Boli enjoys micromanaging from the things we read in the media and on Twitter and all of that. Because like you mentioned, um, he's always all over the place meeting. I think I I recall the time we we're trying to have a deal with um, was a player from Barcelona last summer where he was meeting with the directors and all Frankie of that. Frankie Oba. Yeah, yeah. So you never see or hear Roman have any business with those kind of. Um, conversations so um i'd say the blame is let me say 100 percent on the owners not the directors per se because tracking back a bit um 
we lost Marina, we lost the likes of Czech um, last summer. And little to nothing, I would say nothing was done to replace them. Um, some would say stuff was done, but it takes time to get your directors and all of that. But then they left Tucker the whole summer to figure out his plans, figure out players he wants, when his primary business is just to coach players. That's how. That's one reason that we had a very messy transfer summer. Ideally, Tucker wasn't supposed to have those rules, but I mean, because of Bully who felt coming from US, he knew a lot about football. Let's do this, my boy. So that was one of the mistakes we had. Um, so, uh, so these new guys that came in, although this um, January transfer window, yes, so I, I, I like to believe they were primarily responsible for that. Even though we, I, we still saw um, news in the media where um, I think um, it was Bully used his private jet or so to get Modric from Ukraine or some stuff like that. Yeah, I know he's still very, very much involved. But for this January um, transfer window we had, um, so I think the directors had a lot more to do with that. But then for the one for last summer, uh, that was on Bully, 100% on Bully. And um, the outcome of our season point is also on Bully. And I'm, I'm putting the whole thing on him or uh, and the co-owners, whoever they are, wherever they are. Their primary response for how our season went, how the how our windows have been, because I feel if they are, if they had employed or at least compelled Marina and Czech and the others to have even stayed pending when we get director, so that there will be an easy transition process. If they are, if they had even stayed, I don't think he did anything to make them stay, because my thought process was, I mean, this is just me. I felt um, Bully was trying to get rid of anything that had to do with Roman. And I think that was the reason why he sacked Tuko, not because of our performances, just because he was from the Roman regime. I mean, that's my own thought process, though. But yeah, so uh, Bully and his friends, they are responsible for our, our, how this season has gone, not the directors. That's from me. Yeah, it just shows the importance of your know, decisions at the top. So let's talk about the January transfer window, right? Because um, if you look at it from the side of, you know, trying to get players that we would not get in the summer, right? Because maybe somebody had the foresight to say, I think we are going to be shit and I think we're not going to finish in any reasonable position. So let's go after players that will not come in the summer and try to bring them in. If you look at the window that way, then maybe it's a lot better than uh, some people think. But let's just go over some of the players that came in. Modric came in from Shakhtar. Badia Shile came, came in from Monaco. Madwe came from PSV Eindhoven. Andre Santos, that boy has the world at his feet. He is He's going to be something. He came in from Vasco da Gama. David Dacho Fofana, who for whatever reason, I don't know whether it's racism, but nobody just wanted to give that boy a proper chance. Very unfair. Um, he came in from Modem. Joe Felix came in from Atletico Madrid. And he got a lot of Chelsea fans on his side, which is why the decision to not renew the loan contract has gotten a lot of stick from certain sections of the fan base. Um, Malo Gosto joined from Lyon, but he went back on loan to them. And then the big one, Enzo Fernandez came in from Benfica for a British transfer record. For departures, 
the departure is really painful. Um, and I think it's very important to state on this podcast that all the players that we brought in, they, they struggle to compare to the player that we lost. We lost Georgie. We lost Georgie. Ibuka, you, you have Georgie. You have this Georgie agenda now. Just let it go. And this is where me and Osita used to fight. Because every time on the TL, if there's Georgino slander, <laughs> Osita is there carrying flag. Yeah. Always there. So now that we always fight <laughs> on the TL. <laughs> oh my goodness. We, we lost Georgino. That's a painful one. So, Timmy, I'm looking at the players that we brought in. I just want to get your thoughts on the general transfer window. Um, do you think it was a good one? Is there any player that we got in that you believe could be a star? Did we get the right profiles? You know, just your general thoughts on the window. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, basically, I think it, 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 like it was a better window than, than the summer. Do you understand? Um, I like I like the players. Uh, they're proper players. I mean, I like like 80% of them. I mean, Enzo, greatness, man. All class. Like, it's going to be it's going to be one of the greatest players. Then um Andre Santos. I mean I've seen some of his games, not even comps. Like I watched some of the games and oh bro, guys ridiculously good. Do you understand? I mean and I also enjoyed um Datro Fofana. I think I saw the cameo. Can't remember the match we played where I mean I dribbled the keeper and stuff like like I mean just had this had this little spark uh that was about him. And I'm one of the I mean one of the fans of um Joel Felix that you said I mean a guy to I I really enjoy because he, he reminds it reminds me of myself you get <laughs> like I, I really love the way he plays then um who else um uh, Modric and Madweke I mean we're yet to see what they really are about I mean we're seeing some I mean little little spark from Madweke but I know Modric will come good I see you see the potential I mean you see what he's done in the past Madweke just needs, I mean, just small brushing up. It's it, to me, this um transfer, this January transfer window was actually proper. It's a solid like six, seven ish like for me. I mean, we lost Jorginho. That was, I mean, that was painful because no one actually expected it. But Enzo just, I mean, it's it's a different profile entirely. But I mean, we all we are seeing with Enzo, there's we know there's light at the end of the tunnel. Do you understand? So for me. I think um, next season, looking at Pochettino and the way he um, utilizes his players, I think we'll get the best out of all the transfers we did in January. I mean, sad it's very sad that we couldn't. I mean, stick with what's his name, um, Joao Felix. But I mean, with new transfers and the people going out, this January transfer people that we brought in, they bro, they the light of the Premier League and. and the, because I mean, we're only in the Premier League next season, so yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they light, they light it up. I was really impressed, actually. It's a solid seven over ten for me for the, for the summer spending. I mean, I think we got the right profiles too. I mean, just not apart from um, replacing Jorginho properly. I don't. We, we didn't not even properly. We didn't even replace him at all. Like we we have not gotten that profile yet, and I think getting someone like Jorginho. I mean will give Enzo, will move him, I mean, forward or up around the pitch, do you understand? And it will really help the team. So, yeah, I was impressed with the transfer window. Solid 7-1. Yeah, 
that's that's good. That's good. I agree with you. Solid seven. Expecting big things from a lot of the guys that joined in January if they stay at the club and if they're not sent out on loan. So that brings us to the last section of this, which is um, something that you're probably familiar with because it's something that different Chelsea fan sites and podcasts also do. And I decided that we should adopt the same here. Keep sale loan. So um, it's going to be quick. I will talk about, I will name a player and um, you let me know whether we should keep, sell or loan the player, right? So starting with the goalkeepers, Kofu, Kepa, keep, sell or loan? Sell. <laughs> sell, okay, interesting. Uh, Timmy, Mendy. Sell, sell, of sell, of load, trade, um, um, drop. That's effectively trade away your two goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no problem. Um, I will skip over some players that um, either we are certain of their status or it's not really of so much significance. For example, in Marcos Bettinelli, there's really no need to to talk about that we don't really care what happens um now to <laughs> now to defenders i'm going to skip badiashil or badiashil depending on how you want to pronounce his name because it he's more or less you know safe right so i would go to uh, tiago silva is also confirmed again i said i was just keep some players that we already show of what they are doing with themselves but some interesting ones ben chill osita keep sale alone keep He's still our best left back. I agree. Mm. Like, I don't even know it. But where will he be fit? Where will he be fit? Every time, best left back. Where, where will you play? Injury is a part of the game. Chewell is even, is even fitter than his James. Yes. They will get me started on James. Left <laughs> the one that has problems with fitness, not Chewell. No, but Chewell always gets injured. Like, he, every season, you are sure that he would go on an extended run. And same thing with James, too. He just always has that November injury in him. It's very annoying. Okay. Then, um, Kofo Kulibali. Please, sell. I didn't even notice to buy him. I was playing against the transfer. I beg. Sell, sell. Okay. Osita, Trevor Chaluba. Chaluba. Ah... I think I'll, I'll just want to keep him for the main major reason being that, I mean, he's not pushing to leave. He could just be just a squad player. He's good enough for a squad player and he's not pushing to leave or pushing to start. So his wages are not much. I mean, just for those reasons, I think you can just keep him around. Just because he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a bishop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Chaloba is content being on the bench. <laughs> Exactly. So let, let me let me put it this way. I would rather sell Kulibali and keep Chaluba if I were to pick between both of them. Yes, same. Yes, same. Okay. Quite interesting. Uh, Kofu Aspi. Aspi, please sell. Send him away. Terminate the contract. Uh, okay. No problem. I will mention Wesley Fofana because he's more or less a certain keep, right? So, Timmy. Mark Cucurella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, man. That's so funny. Bro, we should suspend him. We should, we should suspend 
<laughs> we should I'm for real, I think we should sell it, man. I'm I'm okay with Chiwell and Hall, to be honest. So yeah, I think we should sell it. Yeah, and also there's a uh, Matson that's back from his loan. Yeah, exactly from Bonnie. Yeah. yeah, so I mean and I don't think we'll really be doing I don't think we'll really be doing the three at the back thing with yeah, Paul, it's so true. that that L C B thing might not really come in handy for him. So let's see. Okay, Marco Corella. So interesting. Rich James is safe, so I won't mention Rich James. So I would move into midfield. Well, you know, Lewis Hall is technically a midfielder, but okay, let me just talk about him since he's still he plays left back for us. Um, Kofu Hall keeps it alone. I think I'll loan him. <laughs> to be honest, I think I'll just loan him because let's be factual here. Yeah? I don't think Kukurela is going to leave. I think Kukurela deserves another chance. New signing, another season. Because I watched this guy at Brighton and he's just 24. I watched this guy at Brighton. Everybody was shouting. When he was going to City, they shouting, oh my God, Pep is going to turn Kuku to him. Pep wants to finish us in this league. Now he came to Chelsea and suddenly we had a horrible, we had a very bad season. I think there's so many players. We're just unpicking players, cherry picking. I just feel like I'll give Fuku another chance. And for all developments, I think he needs to go on a loan, personally, for me. Yeah. True. Cause consistent football. We cannot ruin it like the way they, they ruined although it's not going on that year. Can you see? See his life now. <laughs> I'm I'm getting to him, don't worry. <laughs> so we're going into midfield now. Um so Enzo is safe. We didn't talk about Enzo. Golokanti has accepted the move to the Saudi League, so it's more or less done. We don't need to talk about him. Osita, Mason Mount, keep, sell, or loan? You know the answer to this now. <laughs> Let them hear it. <laughs> no, no, Mount is my boy. Keep, we need to keep him. We need to keep keep him. our captain. I, mean, and I, 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 know, I know I know. Most, a lot of people would agree Make with that. Make I not talk. I'd rather we keep Mount. <laughs> everybody, everybody with their own agenda. Yes, sir. <laughs> I've not seen a fan base as divided as this. Like we are so divided <laughs> down to players. <laughs> but I think it's really heading to United now. So unfortunately, and many yeah, guys are if, if they can meet the asking price, if they can, no problem. If they can't, he will stay. Joe Felix is gone, so I don't talk about Joe Felix. Modric is safe, so I don't talk about him. Timmy Kovacic. I mean, we've lost Kante, and if I lose Mount, when I, I'll keep him or if I could anyway, I'll keep him. Okay, okay, that's a good one. Because, yes, you're right, we've lost Georgie. I need to mention Georgina. Lost Georgie, lost Kante, we may lose Mount. You know, losing that Champions League winning midfielders that we have, so... So, because we want, we have Champions League winning trio, we will not move forward in this club. Kovacic is a good player. I love him. But it's time to say goodbye because I cannot be dealing every match too. We just come and say, we just check line up. Kovacic is missing. And I'm, shout, I'm shouting, where is Kovacic again? No. But yeah, um, Kovacic pulled his hamstring. God, Jesus. I can't, I can't do this next season. I, I, let's just move on in peace. Let's go and sign Caicedo, Kari, 
God forbid all those guys, honestly. I, mean, I don't like Kaisedo. I, mean, no, I, I don't want that Kaisedo. Are you serious? I thought it was just me. I don't want Kaisedo. I don't want to see. I don't want to see that guy from my club. <laughs> I don't see anybody from Brighton. <laughs> Take Brighton players away. I swear, <laughs> anything for that Brighton, I don't want. I don't they've, they've touched some sports. <laughs> <laughs> Like if I said if I said moves to if he moves to like a Fulham, I want him. But as far as it's from that Brighton, I don't. <laughs> what else? Like we need fresh legs now. I mean, future man. Mm, but Kofo, there's another argument, right? Madrid, their most successful you know period in Champions League in recent years, the three beats and all of that. It was with consistency of that Cruz, Modric, and Casimir. You understand? But not if these players should come out and say that. Oh, they want to leave. Madrid did not stop them, and they still find the right to take yes, them. Yes, and Madrid did no not. Yes, yes. Don't let them go but, in peace. But isn't it? <laughs> but shouldn't it be about you know keeping and also planning for the future? So, for example, you know getting that Georgie replacement that um, Timmy talked about. You know, getting somebody to learn off Kova, getting someone to to learn off Kante. So you know that. Foolish club. See, let me tell you something. Because that's what Madrid have done, which we've not been able to do. You see those January signings that we made? Modric, Madweke, apart from Enzo, those signings are so pointless because, I mean, you have, you still have ZH, you have Pulisic that you can still, like, work with sometimes and you are bringing in, like, those guys have no, made... Have no, 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 wait, you can't, you can't work with Pulisic. You can't work with Pulisic, Kofo. You know you can't work with Pulisic. Wait, those guys you brought in, they've made zero difference because it's what they would do it's what they are doing. That's what Polish will do for you. It's what they are doing. That's what they are to do for you. The only person that made a difference in this team that's in that's is, is, is fit. Exactly. Polish is never available. That made a difference in this team. Definitely, January signing is Enzo. That's the only person that's made a difference. The rest, like no, no, no. But but they actually has okay, made a difference. We, we, let's be fair. I like that guy. Let's be fair. Yeah, I like. I, I respect that guy. So those two, but the rest have done fuck up. I just feel like she just like kept the money. Waited to summer and like all of that, but whatever. See, another questionable decision from the owners. They just tiny players without plan, they're not clearing out everything, is just jump packed. How would the coach even be able to coach them? Say when they are like 35 players in a squad, how like Abba, it's just a lot, it's a lot. Ah, okay, Timmy. I know you want to argue that cover siege bit here. Yeah? Do you still want to go ahead or do we move on to pull the siege? Let's let's move on. I don't okay. have that. <laughs> okay. Um, Osita Pulisic keeps her alone. No, we need to sell that brother, man. He's done. We're done with him. That the guy is made of glass, so there's really no point. Can't he can't play like five, six matches consecutively now? But the, another interesting thing is I think he has out of all our wingers, to me he has the best profile, but he can't just stay fit. I remember lockdown policy. You know that guy was. Oh my god! Oh god. Ah, Without black days, away, Jesse. Good days, man. Good days, man. No, he's, come he's on. A he very was... good passer. He's a very decent crosser. He can dribble, or he could. Sorry, hmm. but now you see policy. He's fit enough to like dribble. He has, he has lost a yard of peace. He can't. Days of policy can dribble. Yeah, Pulisic and Giroud. Th- those guys, those guys saved us because they got us top four that season. They got us yeah. top four now. That was Lampard's first Giroud, season. Giroud, Pulisic and Williams. Season, that yeah. William was scoring penalties. Ah, Kai. 
<laughs> you know, this season was so bad that I think I put out a tweet that I miss William. Like, that is the height of pain. Yeah, this season was so bad that Emma, Emma seen Fabiari was scoring against us. Emma seen. Emma seen. Oh my God. <laughs> I cannot forget something from this club. <laughs> No, it's it's ah it's a tough season. Okay, so moving on. Uh ah, this one is going to be a very controversial one. Hmm, who will I give? Who will I give? Ah, let me give Kofu. Kofu, Kai Havertz. I knew it. I just knew it. I just knew it. <laughs> See, I feel like everybody knows the kind of love. I don't know why I just like that boy. Everyone knows everyone love I have for Havertz, but I just feel like three seasons now it has not worked out with both potential and he has not like I don't think we are we are at that point where we want to be waiting for one player again for the fourth season. So it's just time to move on. But now they say that Pochettino likes him. And now Madrid, they have deal have collapsed. How will he collapse? How? I just want him to leave. To go and beg, <laughs> I just want I, I really want I, I want him to leave. I feel like he will ball elsewhere and I've made peace that no not all players will make it as my club. The ones that will make it will make it. Sure. 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 We've seen the examples of KDB and yeah. You know, they didn't make it at Chelsea, but you know, they are top ten players in the world. You know? So you're right. Maybe Kai Havertz is meant to be somewhere else. Then Kani Chukwemeka, I will take this one because he's my cousin. You know, self-appointed cousin. Like we're actually related. So Kani for me, for the for his career, for the sake of his career, I would say loan. But a part of me wants him to stay because, you know, looking at it, if we if we lose Kai Havertz um, and we're playing a 4-2-3-1, Kani could play as a 10. Um, I think he could also provide cover in the pivots, depending on who goes. So I think Pochettino will wait for preseason before making a decision. And I hope that the boy will be given a fair chance. So that's I I took Kani. You guys can handle other people, but me, I had to take that one. So now uh, Maduke is safe. I don't to talk about Maduke. He will stay. Ah, this one. This is this has Timmy written all over it. Because this player is so close to Timmy's heart. So close to his heart. Probably his best Chelsea player. Timmy Conor Gallagher. <laughs> Oh man, we need to sell Conor Gallagher. Bro. <laughs> we, need to, we need to go. We, need, we should have taken that offer from Crystal Palace. I swear, you understand? I swear, it was the right time. It was the right time, man. I don't know why we didn't do that. And I heard Newcastle wanted to come. Just let him go. We need to let him go. It's, it's time to go. Because you can follow Lampard wherever Lampard is going. It's all maybe Ali Tihad or something. He just needs to go, man. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, Osita. Loftus cheek. Loftus cheek. Hmm. I mean, he's another player in the mode of Chaluba. That guy loves, I mean, he loves sitting <laughs> on the bench, doesn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> and he can deputize everywhere. Right back, right in back. Center back. We played him everywhere. <laughs> he's not on high wages. So there are certain players I'm like, ah, these guys, they are okay with being squad players. They are not complaining. They just want to collect their money at the end of the week it gives their families money and that's all so uh, there's no big rush i said the club wants to make profit on him but i think there's no big rush in trying to dispose of him also that i think i i think i 
agree with you because I feel like all season I've been saying sell love to streak, sell love to streak, but like if I now dip it, like this guy does not even complain. I mean, he does not even want anything. Just give him poverty minutes, he will be happy. Kofo, Kofo, will you complain if you're collecting 150k a week? Will you complain? That's why he's not complaining. <laughs> why will he complain? <laughs> <laughs> but all those nonsense can come into play. So I mean, if, if the club looks at the wages and like, okay, uh-huh. it's much so for a bench player, this guy can go. But then at the same time, we are not in Europe, so we don't even need a big squad. Ah, Jesus! We play round two of um FA of Carabao Cup. Jesus! <laughs> I don't die. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, the 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 embarrassment. The, the business do kick early kick off very well there eh, on Friday night. <laughs> Child. Friday night. <laughs> ah. Next no. single row. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Um. So Kofo Hakim Ziyech. Ah, hello, Shisha man. <laughs> What's he still doing? Sell fast fast. What? <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad that he didn't get his move to PSG in January. I think that's also why PSG did the Sugate thing. It's just beef. Because, come on, it's just beef. And and for the fact that Chelsea pulled out when the reports leaked that, oh, we, we're trying to invest yeah, they in sporting. Chelsea, I think it might be true. Because why would that, why would it be? It's so much of a coincidence. Like, oh, the news came out. PSG plan on reporting and then you now pull out. It just seems like maybe there was a bit of truth in that deal. But PSG, man, come on, they should they should let us breathe. What kind of rubbish is this? I'm so pissed at. I don't think PSG even need that guy safe. Whatever. Yeah, they they have they have Vitin, have Fabio, Fabian Ruiz. Like they have so many players that like, come on. Why do? You... It's just beef. That is just we hate these well, guys. Let's go. And I mean, I'm, I'm just indifferent. I've never, I've, I've not watched the guy play a live match, so I don't know. I don't even know. How to, I, don't, I can't really rate him. So I don't I know, really he's, about he's, he's good. I, I've seen like three of his games. He's really good. He's really, really good. He would have solved that problem of security for us in the midfield. But you know, what can we do? It's gone and it has passed. So we just have to move forward. Hopefully, we don't get all those guys said do. What happened to that Sangari guy now? So I even need to go and check if, like, because I know um, the star of that PSV team is Javi Simmons. He had a fantastic season. Like, Javi Simmons is the star, right? But I want to know, like, what went wrong. I know, yes, there's um, Joey Verman, who had a very good season. But for Sangari himself, like, why is nobody rushing to go and buy that, that guy? Like, I don't understand. He's not he's not linked to us or any club. Like I don't understand. This is this is something that I criticize Chelsea scouts about, right? Because we are on this call and then um Timmy is able to think of someone that no reporter has thought of, right? Nobody's even looking at that can fix the problem in our midfield. And that's why I argue that Chelsea scouts are not doing enough. Whether it's the scouts or no, the recruitment team as a whole, because you're always going for popular names, always going for yeah, oh, who is trending, not. who has Oh, come yeah, on, you yeah. can find these guys. I feel like that issue is not only Chelsea issue, Sha, because I feel like most big teams they don't like scout properly. If you look at Brighton, Brighton they have a whole data analyst team dedicated to scouting and everything. They put in, I think, smaller clubs do a lot of scouting than the big than the big ones. Like the big ones want to go for trendy toys. Y- yes, I I think it's also. A- 
about the risk taking because I know for Caicedo, United were very aware of him before he moved to Brighton, but and I think United really wanted to get him, but he moved to Brighton. Even even Bellingham, even Bellingham, then United were like well informed on Bellingham's case then before he moved to Dortmund. I mean, only offered Haaland, Haaland to man, you know. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he did. So, maybe it's about risk-taking. I think it's a big, it's a big club problem. Mm. You just like going for the shiny ones. I think big clubs would just rather go for proven players. It's safer. Yeah. True, but it's also very annoying. It's also very annoying. Okay, the next player on my list, uh, Timmy David Dacho Fofana. Um, I would actually loan him, to be honest. Let's go along. Well, for me, I think it depends on what we do in that forward position. I'm hoping we'll sign, I mean, proper nine. So okay. Oh, I, I omitted. Oh no, I, I didn't I didn't omit him. Sterling. I was wondering why I didn't mention Sterling, but Sterling is more or less safe, so there's no need. Or do we need to? Okay, Kofu, keep solo and rhyme Sterling. I'll keep I'll keep Sterling now. I feel like I said that on their best days, like all our players in their best days, like starting all this. Everyone I see starting line up on Twitter, like people are dropping Sterling, are playing one useless Modric. They are playing. I beg, like Sterling will always start. Whether Sterling cannot score or not, Sterling will always start because, like, it's actually a threat on the wings. Like, yeah. Sterling has to start. Yeah, I agree. And his experience, so. I agree. Okay. I'll keep him. Okay. Osita, Amando Broja. I think this one, this one, very raw player we have. But he's been injured, so there's we can't, we can't, we can't. I would have said, I mean, it's basically to keep him. We can't even loan him out because he's not fit. He's been injured, so he has to recover part of this season. And maybe we'll be looking at um, January transfer window if we want to still keep or loan him out. But for now, we just have to keep him. The talent is there and he's still very raw. He just needs to be harnessed properly. Sure. It all depends on um, what we're able to do in the in the summer in terms of the striking position. It will be interesting to see what happens. But I think maybe one of Fofana um, or Broja will stay, um, suspecting maybe Broja because of his injury, depending on the extent anyway. But let's see how that goes. Is he, is he back in training, Broja? I don't think he's, he's back. He's supposed to be back for preseason. He's back. Oh, he's oh, back now. He'll be back. Yeah, so he'll he, he, he have the opportunity to impress. The good thing is, um, I think heading into preseason, uh, striking options will be Lukaku, Broja, and um, Fofana. So let's see. Why don't you Lukaku for Lukaku? Uh, you know, I was going to get to you for Lukaku, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, let me let me touch on Obameyang first. Timmy, Obameyang, keep sell alone. Dash seven, dash I'm just waiting for allow, just allow for one Saudi club to see that they are interested. For fingers crossed, and they will actually kill it there. I don't know why he's waiting. I said he should just go. He should just go. Then, uh, Kofu Lukaku. Let's just go back to that Lukaku conversation. I think I, I think everybody knows my yes. My but stance hold on, like... but hold on before you give your general stance. Um, let's remember that he has had a fairly good season at um, Inter, especially in the second half of the season and the last few games. See, Ebuka, I don't want to Wait, know nah. if Ebuka <laughs> had a fairly good season. I don't want to hear. Do you get? I, I see, I see, I see, I see it. He has like, yeah, maybe 13 goal contribution in 20. I don't care. I see what Lukaku do. I don't care. I don't, I don't want Lukaku to come back to my club. 
No. <sighs> and he has said it. They are always saying that it's going to stay at Inter. Because I don't like him. I don't like... No, I don't want to say I'm racist. <laughs> I don't like black players. I can't, I can't agree that they're crap. I don't like... Look- I don't like Lukaku. I don't want Lukaku on my Think, club. Thinking of Lukaku, he was genesis of Tuku's problem when he did that stupid interview. Yes. When I remember this Yes. Thing. I don't like Lukaku for anything. He has, he has shamed my club in public. In ah, private, no, everywhere. <laughs> but then, he might, just, he might just cook with Nkuku. <laughs> I don't want... And I, I, th- I think he has he hasn't said it openly recently that um, he won't stay at Inter. So like, why are we trying to bring somebody that is at his level? Like, yeah, like if you're not playing for my club, just get out, man. Okay, fair, fair I can't enough. do next next season. I don't want problem next season. I don't want stress. Even if Pochettino should do it, I'll cost him. Eh? I don't want Wala next season. I just want day. Like, play me good football. Let me be happy once more. <laughs> Uh, okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so the last part of this um, episode is going to be us trying to um, predict what will happen in the summer transfer window and just to have a feel of what your ideal summer would be. If you are nice enough, you can also drop names of players that you actually want to see play for the club. So we'll start with Timmy. Timmy... What would be your ideal summer transfer window? Is there any particular player that you feel you bringing him into the club would really change our fortunes? Hurricane. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Wow. Well, the boy can dream. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the but boy wanted to dream. We, but we all know that it will never happen. Uh, I mean, yeah. Then I mean, we'll put it in the cast. would rather now. die. Good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Hurricane, I mean, I won't mind. Um, I mean, if we're since I mean, we all agreed, uh, we'll probably like to sell with that Kepa Mendy. I won't mind to have that Magnan guy, you understand? That's all right for me. Then a proper DM, like we all like we said, but I don't know, there are no names in my head currently because I just don't want Kaisedo or Lavia. I don't mind any other person. Timmy is a man after my heart because I also do what guys I do love here. I really do what those guys near my club. <laughs> I don't, want no, I don't even want to love here. That was just nice. I mean, I, I'm happy about the Malugusto guy, right? So I'm very happy because well, I don't know what James is doing, man. So at least that guy, uh, it seems like a very good cover. Oh, I know this sometimes this is a also hard one injury like that. I had to call to Stafford Bridge to cover our treats, but regardless, um, I'm happy we have that one covered. Um, so yeah, just the Magnan guy, a proper DM, and a nine, a, a, a devastating, a disaster, a crazy nine. So just need goals, man. I mean, if we if we have, I mean, all those we, we are covered everywhere in every other place, then probably that's still the creative side of our of our midfield too. Someone, if we were like playing like a four-three-three, someone to partner Enzo up there, like behind the striker or something like that. So, yeah, that's all for me. That's good. All right, Osita, what about you? I do so much transfer window. Mm-hmm. So I think we have we have a lot of players. So I, well, I think there are three positions that are key. Just like Tim mentioned, goalkeeper, we need a DM and then a striker. Um, for a nine, I mean, I think this Juve guy is very realistic. Oh, for Pete, 
For allow somebody to let him let him dream his own dream. Now, when you use your tongue, you dream your dream. No? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and for a six, the Clarice is just staring at us. People would agree, but I retries very, very hard. I mean, let's just grab for goalkeepers. I mean, no one comes to mind right now, but I think the Milanga is good. Magna, if we can Mike. go. To Okay. Okay. Kofo, you are doing so much transfer window. I feel like the boys have like said it all. Goalkeeper, striker, and DM. I think that's the only thing they're just like missing. So I I don't have names to top of my head. Azumi, should we say that um Azumi this stupid boy did not go and bet. Ivan Tony. I feel yes, like was, like, you have been pick. a very good pick. Yes. Yeah. Very good pick as our number nine. I was dreaming, and now you are going to bet. Can you imagine? <laughs> so, bet responsibly, I guys. I don't know, but like, yes, Mike from uh, Milan. I, I think that's, that's like my number one target. I know that Milan will not sell, but you might consider selling now that Maldini has gone and they're like club, they're, they're not stable. So, if we give them, if we offer them 60 million plus. Kepa amend it together. <laughs> 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 Would you give us mm-hmm. like what? DM? I have I have nobody like right now. Whatever. I just want to make sure that Pochettino gets his players early for preseason. I don't want to hear story mm-hmm. next season now. Because mm-hmm. United Emery did not need preseason before he carried Aston Villa from seventeenth to sixth. Are you sixth or seventh? Yeah, seventh. seventh. Yeah. He did not need preseason, no. I don't want to hear uh, Pochetti did not have preseason. It did not get his players in. No stories next season. I mean, she do have a clear out. Now, I'm, I'm like, she do have a clear out fast, fast. Look at Madrid. They're already like pushing people that are unwanted out. We are still like, we are still, we are still begging uh, United to collect, to give us 75 million for Mount. Like, we need to, we need to move fast so that we can be ready for preseason and everything, Sha. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I think for the goalkeeper position, there's a goalkeeper that we are not linked with, but Chelsea fans have kind of been pushing it out there. And one thing about us is when we push something out there for too long, a reporter will carry it and it now starts to look like it is reality. And that's Provedo from uh, Lazio, the goalkeeper that Sari bought last summer. And to me, it's just the evidence of proper scouting. Um, when you are able to scout, get the right players in, you, they will succeed. And he's that. And you know, I think there's like this example. other one I'm, I'm seeing on Chelsea Twitter. This Mamad, is it Mamadashi? What's his name? Is that Valencia? Yes, Kutupa? yes, yes. Yeah. He's from Georgia. Same. Yes. He's a national teammate with Kravaskelia. Yeah. Kravaskelia. Oh, whatever they call it. Karashika. Or something. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Oh my God, that uh, goalkeeper. Yeah, I think the guy is quite good. He had the second highest number of clean sheets behind yes. Max Testegen, right? Yes, that's top five leagues behind Testegen. Yeah, so, yeah. So it, it's last his first season. You know, just shows what you can you can do if you actually go and scout. Kutua is one of the best goalkeepers in the world now, if not the best. Oh, that guy betrayed and, me. Um, yeah, exactly. That was our goalkeeper for the next 10 years. Oh. You know, we did proper scouts with Mendy. I mean, for some reason, the guy, he just started slow. <laughs> you know that's... <laughs> you know, 
They said that uh, that kept watched over two fifty goalie bars and they picked mine in television. Like the guy is looking like he wants his wonder. Yeah, I mean, when we signed, we thought we had signed the real deal. Now, come on. Yeah. You know what's funny? Like people were like when Lampard came back, people were like that. Oh, Lampard is going to like bring back Mendy. People were happy. Mendy's first game was a disaster. <laughs> Lampard Mendy didn't. <laughs> no, no, I still think we should keep Mendy, sir. I think we should keep. No. Go for beat. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, still better than Kepa. I mean, that match might be. See, we thought that should be going. <laughs> let's just have a clean slate at that position exactly let's, let's clear everybody and just start to look just make slowly number two and shall that voice needs to like go on to develop but... I, I i think that boy has a lot of talent so yeah. so before we end this um i just wanted to ask your thoughts on you know reporters taking advantage of Chelsea fans or and also agents taking advantage of Chelsea fans because we've seen this over the past few windows where an agent wants to drive the market value of his player or wants to expose his player to clubs starts um, engaging journalists to spread rumors that Chelsea are interested in player X or Y and then Chelsea fans start to get emotionally attached to that player the player is trending. You're seeing compilations left, right, and center. They're already putting um, squad for next season, and you have that player in there. There's so much invested emotionally, and then the transfer doesn't happen because, in the first place, the club were never interested. And then you see the reaction from Chelsea fans feeling disappointed. Um, Osita, you're very active. Oh, three of you are very active on Twitter, anyway. But I'll start with you. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, basically, I don't think it's something anyone can control. Do you think Chelsea fans should try to calm things down a bit? Because I'll give an example. Um, Gabby, Gabri Vega was linked to us a few days ago. Yeah. And everybody's there going on about, oh, this boy is this, this boy is that. And I've watched this guy. This guy is not that special. And I kept saying, this guy is not better than what we have at home. When they say there's rice at home, there's actually rice at home. Not declarized, but like we have players that he, to to me, and again, it's my opinion. The only thing that that guy has over um, Kasede is exposure. Kasede is pound for pound a better player than this guy, but he doesn't have first team exposure as much as Vega does. This guy is he, anyway. He has scored eleven goals, but if you really go deep into the goals that he scored, you know that it's really just people over the cracks but that's fine but i'm just giving the example of him right chelsea fans are so invested so hyped they're releasing squads for next season and he was in there but then reports started to come out that the club were not interested you know yeah so it's very very it's very easy for fans to get excited about every every name we get linked to you and you definitely see people on both sides of the divide um, but even that said, I still, yeah, Chelsea fans and not just Chelsea fans, fans of other clubs, yeah, they need to calm down because it's not it's not a Chelsea thing. It's just football fans in general. Um, what no matter how bad or how good the player is, you'd always see some sect get excited or not get excited, and then I mean it's just football. It's football, and we just we just have to live with that, man. Fair enough, fair enough. Kofu, do you agree? Yes, and to add to that, 
I remember in January when they said that Enzo Dillas collapsed and we are linked to Frankesi. And I saw some Chelsea fans bringing up Frankesi comp. God, I've never been so pissed in my life. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I'm like, what is this? And I also think that it's because like we are right, we are in a vulnerable state right now. So like reporters who want to like feed off whatever, like they know that okay, these guys are they are dying for anything, like just give them something that will excite them. As, as, as like as long as their club is not even like playing well, give them something to excite them and all of that. But I don't think it's only Chelsea fans sharp because I've seen a lot of United fans also complain that the brothers are using them for clicks and everything. So I just like just normal with big clubs, especially. So it's not only Chelsea, and it's normal within football fans to like get excited that their club is signing someone new or something. Like that excitement is just always there. Yeah. Thanks, Kofo. Now to round off, Timmy, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, they they they've actually said it all. Um, it's, it creates like I mean, some kind of buzz. Um, the game is a game, really. Um, like Osita said, many clubs like it, it happens to like many clubs. It's not just them feeling. It's not just agents and co feeling, or just like um Chelsea fans and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just it, it creates that. I mean, that transfer window buzz, that excitement, like Kofo said. And that's what actually keeps it interesting. Okay, well said, guys. Well said. Um, my my opinion is that we all, Chelsea fans, need to calm down. It's going to be difficult, but I think we should because these guys are taking advantage of us. So we need to not get emotionally invested in players that are not our players yet. When the guy is holding the jersey or when David Onstein tweets that it's done or Fabrizio Romano does the here we go, let's let's not get emotionally attached. But guys, I know I promised that we would keep this very short, but we've actually gone. <laughs> you know, quite, we've gone like over an hour, so um, well over an hour. Anyway. But it was, it was fun. It was lovely having you guys here. Uh, as I said, before we even started recording, you know, having... Uh, four Chelsea fans on the call. There's going to be a lot to talk about and it's going to be very exciting, which it was. So I want to appreciate Kofu, Osita and Timmy for taking out the time to join me on this one. We are the empty stands and we will run the season review for a few more clubs. We actually started bottom up. So Chelsea finished somewhere i don't want to see where and um, it only made sense to start with chelsea and then walk our way up so i think the next one would be liverpool and we'll keep moving forward till we get to manchester city thank you guys for sticking with us for this long you can follow us on twitter at the empty stands and on instagram at the empty stands podcast it's bye for now and hope to see you guys soon cheers